on this Thanksgiving weekend, we look at some of our favorite calls and get you ready for three huge seminars in the month of December. It's time for Aging Options. And welcome to Aging Options right here on AM 770 KTTH. So glad you could join us on this Thanksgiving weekend. Yesterday being Black Friday, the day before being the day of the turkey, or the day the turkey was uh, feasted on. We're so glad you could join us on this excellent Saturday. Hope you're having a wonderful one out here in the Puget Sound. And as it turns out, we are off this week. So no Rajiv, no Bob, no nobody actually. Just me, Tarek Ansari with you. And uh, we thought we'd take this show, this holiday show, and share some of our favorite moments from the past uh, three or four months or so. Obviously, we've been going every single week live with you since, I want to say, January, early January of this year. And it's been a lot of fun. We've gotten to talk with a lot of you excellent people out in Puget Sound who maybe uh, have some issues as far as life planning goes and, you know, have some concerns that you shared with us, with me, with Rajiv, with Bob, with anyone who's hosted this show. And we thought we'd go back, go back into the archives, onto the tapes, even though we only use digital nowadays and there aren't actually any physical tape copies anymore. It's still kind of a nice, you know, nice analogy to use. And we went back and, well, we decided, hey, you know what? We're going to take some of our favorite calls and have them re-air right now. And if you're listening to us and thinking, oh, well, then why am I listening? Well, I'll tell you why you should keep listening. Because a lot of these callers we took are some of the most pressing questions that people around Seattle, Tacoma, around Olympia have right now, seniors especially. And uh, these are some of our biggest moments, the moments that really, where Rajiv Nagayic really tapped into the biggest issues of life planning, of wills, of estate, of not being a burden on your loved ones. So these calls right here and the analysis Rajiv gets, it's like a greatest hits, a greatest hits compilation. It's like having a Beatles CD that has come together. I want to hold your hand, you know, Day Tripper, all of their greatest songs. Well, the, this is some of the greatest advice we've heard from Rajiv Nagayic. Again, so glad you could join us here today on this Thanksgiving weekend. And we're going to get right to the calls. Just a reminder, if you want to get more information on Aging Options, go to Aging Options. That's right, the website, agingoptions.com. Check out the blog posts put together by our excellent Tony Bolin. All of our past articles for the past, I want to say, six or seven months, they're all on there. So what he mentions throughout these programs on our pre-recorded shows, well, they're still on there. I invite you to give it a shot. But first and foremost, let's get to our favorite calls. Our first one for today comes from Larry, calling from Shoreline. Larry, take it away. Yes, sir. I, I, I was wondering, the uh, uh, state of Washington, I believe, is a community property state. In a simple uh, marriage, does a husband have to leave a white, uh, will for his wife uh, if all they have is like the house, the car, and maybe a bank account? And uh, yeah. um, it might matter if the house is in both uh, spouses' names, him and her. And maybe if there's a mortgage, I don't know if that involves it, but I don't know if you have to go to probate with the house. 
The short answer is, yeah, you have to go through probate and you do not need a will for a community property uh, law to to give everything to your surviving spouse if indeed this is your one and only marriage. If this is your second yeah. marriage or and you have children from a previous marriage, then not everything is going to go to your, your spouse. Uh, half of it will go mm-hmm. to your spouse, the other half will go to your children from your previous marriage. So there's some rules that are crafted. Mm-hmm. So the question that you really are mm-hmm. asking, it's, it's an interesting question. We get I get asked this question all the time that, look, we are in a community property state. Why why do I need to do a will? I mean, everything is going to go to the to the spouse, isn't it? And the short answer is, yeah. And here's, how, here's what you need to know about community property laws. Community property laws, for the most part, basically say that everything that you acquired during marriage, the, from, from the time that you got married, everything you've acquired since then, is 50%, presumptively 50% belongs to the husband and 50% belongs to the spouse. So, but there is nothing in the community property laws that says that when you die, you must leave your 50% to your spouse. You can choose to do that. You can write a will. You can uh, actually write a community property agreement, basically saying that I don't have to leave it to my spouse, but I'm choosing to leave it. But that's typically what we will need to end up doing. The community property laws recognize that a lot of people do not write wills. And then if they don't write a will, then we have to have some rules and regulations placed to say who will get the house. And the rules basically say if this is your one and only marriage and you've been married long enough, uh, no kids from a prior marriage, then we are going to presume that the community property, you would have wanted to leave it to your spouse, if not your spouse, to your children equally, etc. And so there's the, that's called intestacy, laws of intestacy, which is that's how the distribution is going to be made. The question then you ask yourself is, okay, I don't have to write a will. I mean, the, the government has done me a favor. They've already done the will. Should I write a will? And the answer is, well, I mean, the will may not be nearly as important as writing a power of attorney, a living will, a mental health advance directive, and some of these other legal documents. Because when you're dead and gone, and the law is clear that your share will go to your spouse, because this is your only marriage, well, that's easy. But if you have, let's say, if, if, you, if you fall ill, will your spouse be able to call your cell phone company and deal with your cell phone bill? Probably not. Try and try doing that today. If the cell phone is in your name and your wife needed to deal with your cell phone, will that company even allow her to access your account? The answer is no. And now you're setting yourself up for something called a guardianship, a court-created power of attorney. Take six to nine months, tens of thousands of dollars later, and then you probably get that power of attorney prepared by a court. Not a good idea to do. The other thing that you have to think about is, look, I mean, when you're thinking, your question basically posits that your biggest concern at this point of time, Larry, is if I die, how do I protect my wife? Do I have that that, that thinking correct? Yes, uh-huh. yeah, simple right. way. <laughs> right, yeah, simply put, I mean, I want to do something to, to protect my spouse. And if you really mm-hmm. think about that, that's what we, the, your neighbors talk about that. We all think that is the most important thing. But in the end, let me share this with you. What will be more important than how do you protect your wife by leaving the house to her will be how do you protect your house from not being lost to long-term care, you not becoming a burden to your wife. That means if you fall ill, how do you make sure that your wife 
wife is not going to become your unpaid caregiver in the process and that you're not going to mm-hmm. lose all your money in the process because Medicare is not going to cover anything. Mm-hmm. That's not what mm-hmm. we talk about. That's not what they teach us in law school. That's not what financial mm-hmm. planners talk to you about. And in the end, mm-hmm. I mean, the reason why I do the work that I do, I watched my father-in-law having done exactly what you're proposing to do. He went to a lawyer. He got a will. And in the will, he said, I want to, if I die, I want to leave everything to my wife. He had a power of attorney. He says, if I can't become, uh, if I can't manage my affairs, my wife will be able to take care of it. And if not her, then my daughter is in some order. And he had a living will that if I am in a coma, don't put a feeding tube, just pull the plug. He did all of that, right? Normal planning. And then his life took a slightly different trajectory. He ended up getting Alzheimer's. Once he gets Alzheimer's, his wife takes care of him for six or seven years at home. And then eventually he ends up in the nursing home because his wife could only do it so long alone. When he gets to the nursing home, all the money that they had saved for retirement, it goes out of the window. And and his wife had to then, finally, when they had spent all the cash down, they had to look to Medicaid, and Medicaid then started paying the bills. That's about the Mm -hmm. time that I was getting in touch with his family. And right from the first day on, Mm -hmm. the first time I walked into the nursing home, I'm saying, how does the richest country in the world plan their future? And give older people such poor, pathetic outcomes. And over 22 years, if I've done anything right in my in my in my in my professional career, is to understand how this problem actually happens. And the good news in all of this is it doesn't need to happen. So you're asking the right question. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to take you off on a beaten path. You called about a question about community property. Hopefully, I've given you the answer. But I would suggest yeah. to you, as I would suggest to every other listener. Think about it. Don't just be, don't just follow the beaten path of everyone going to a lawyer and saying, I want a will or a trust. Who gets what when I die? What you really want to talk about is, how do I live my life so that I don't end up in a nursing home, I don't die broke, and I don't become a burden to my loved ones? That's not a conversation mm-hmm. you're going to get from financial planners or doctors or lawyers. Mm-hmm. That's something you have to go to someone like me, like a life planner. Make sense? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, the only thing I don't understand is this probate. Yep. If everything else is clean and taken care of, you got to hire an attorney. To The wife would have to hire an attorney to take her through probate, right? Yeah, and the reason is pretty the simple. The reason is this. When Larry dies and he's leaving the house to, to his wife, Mary, let's just pretend mm-hmm. it's Mary, mm-hmm. how do we mm-hmm. know that when Larry died, he did not die owing money to third parties? Maybe Larry got stuck in a hospital, and the hospital some mm-hmm. services and they should be paid before Mary gets the money. Maybe Larry had mm-hmm. hired a, a contractor to do some work in the house. We should not mm-hmm. be taking care of Larry's heirs, his wife, his children, before we take care mm-hmm. of legitimate creditors who need to be paid money. That's the whole theory behind right. the probate process. So the probate basically okay. is there to protect creditors. It says that when Larry dies, sure. go to court. And publish a newspaper, mm-hmm. a notice in the newspaper that Larry is now dead. If you have a claim, bring it now. Otherwise, hold your peace. 
Yeah. That's so we'd have to go. Process. She'd have to go to an attorney to have that posted in the paper. Unless you do, probate, I guess. Unless you do something called a. Uh, 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 transfer on death deed so the state of Washington has recognized we are one of the few states that says instead of having a deed that says that Larry and Mary own the house you can say Larry and Mary own the house and if Larry dies then it'll go to Mary if Mary dies it'll go to Larry that's called a transfer on death deed that'll help you avoid probate okay Okay. you can do that you can do a revocable living trust maybe I'll have Maybe I'll understand this a little more, and if that doesn't work, I'll have to make an appointment with you, I guess. I, you know, go to somebody who can actually help you with the bigger picture. But, yeah, come to a seminar. I think you'll get world-class education. That I promise you. Yeah. Transfer on death deed, huh? Is that Correct, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's an instrument All that right. can be prepared. Thank you for your time, and thank you for your time and your patience with me. I appreciate that. Anytime, Larry. A. John, thanks for the call. All right, sir. Thank you. Shout out to Larry from Shoreline. Excellent call there. Thank you so much for calling into the show. And uh, hey, listeners, I'll tell you what. We're, again, we're not live this week as you're listening to Aging Options right here on AM 770 KTTH. But when we are live again next week, which will be, I cannot believe it, it's going to be uh, <laughs> December the next time we talk with you, I do invite you to call into the show. And the reason I say that is because Rajiv Nagayich, uh, you know, he's great when you hear him on the radio with me. He's excellent on TV when he did Master Your Future. Now he's doing uh, Happily Ever After, I believe is the name of the new PBS show that he'll be hosting starting early next year. He's going to have a new book coming out next spring. And all of those forms of media are excellent, excellent ways to take his information in. But sometimes when it's your particular situation and it's your life and it's something that is unique to you, the best thing you can do is call in. And uh, you know what? I, I just, I gotta tell you what, I've had individuals who I've known, I won't say they're friends, but they're colleagues who have had family members who had a little bit of hesitancy calling into the show. And once they did, uh, they were totally relieved. Like their situation, Rajiv handles it not as if it's a phone call on a paid programming show, but as if it's a, situ- a situation that he is obligated to look into. There's, there's no consultation or anything. You call into the show, he will give you the advice you need. And to go a step further, if you can't call into the show, because I do understand sometimes we're on the road, you know, there's a lot of background noise, our phone signals are bad. I totally get it. Attend one of the seminars. They're a great opportunity, a great opportunity to hear about what Rajiv is all about. And the three coming up, here's three days. Hey, you need to write these down. Three days coming up. Tuesday, December 6th in Federal Way. That's a seminar happening at the LifePoint Law campuses in Federal Way. Thursday, December 8th at 6.30 p.m. at the Inn in Gig Harbor. So shout out to Gig Harbor, one of my former places of residence. Excellent city. Check it out if you can, Thursday night, the 8th. And Saturday, December 10th, Aging Options returns to Seattle at the Holiday Inn in downtown off of Dexter. That's happening 1.30 p.m. Saturday, December 10th, just a couple weeks from now. Go to LifePointLaw.com to sign up. These events are free. And I'll tell you what, from firsthand experience, they are a great opportunity to learn a lot about what Rajiv is all about, what aging options, what aging options is all about. Go to LifePointLaw.com to sign up. Do it. It's a great idea. And what better way to celebrate the holidays than giving the gift of knowledge when it comes to LifePoint Law and aging options? LifePointLaw.com. Do sign up. As it looks like we're due for our first break, when we come back, more calls, including D from Seattle. You're listening to Aging Options right here on AM 770 KTTH.
You know, I'm not a wealthy person, but I'd like to leave a little something to my kids when I'm gone. Actually, there's someone who gets first shot at your assets when you die, before your kids can even touch them, the tax collector and creditors. I don't know much about estate and inheritance taxes. I've heard about changes in tax laws, but it's a little complicated, so I just try not to worry about it. Far too often, the cost of probate and estate taxes forces children to sell off their parents' assets, leaving little for them. I'd at least like for them to have this house. After all, they grew up here and we'd like to keep it in the family. They say you can't take it with you. <laughs> I just didn't realize it was the tax collector who said it. The elder law attorneys at LifePoint Law understand probate and estate taxes. They know how to protect your assets and your legacy. You can trust LifePoint Law and Rajiv Nagayach. Call 877-ELDER-47. That's 877-ELDER-47. Safe, independent, living in comfortable surroundings. That's where we all want to be. It's no different for your parents and other elderly relatives, even as they age. How do you make it easier for them to stay in the home they love by bringing the care to them? HomeWatch Caregivers can help. With more than 40 years of experience providing compassionate care, HomeWatch Caregivers is America's oldest and most experienced home care company. We know what to do, we know how to help, and we know how to make care affordable. When you compare the costs and benefits of home care to nursing homes or other institutional settings, you'll be amazed at just how affordable in-home care can be. HomeWatch Caregivers, Western Washington's best home care. HomeWatch Caregivers. Call us today at 253-564-1006 to schedule your free consultation. That's 253-564-1006 or visit us on the web at homewatchcaregivers.com. Call us today at 253-564-1006. HomeWatch Caregivers. Let our family take care of yours. I thought he covered everything that I personally had a question about. I was reassured. I got perspective. I was impressed. I found it very, very helpful. We all face challenges when it comes to aging, legal needs, Medicare, Medicaid, long-term care insurance, Social Security. But having a plan will help you maintain quality of life, financial stability, and peace of mind for you and your family. The rules are changing, and although no one can forecast the future, one can be prepared for it as much as possible. Join Rajiv Nagayich for the next LifePoint Law Seminar, Tuesday, December 6th in Federal Way, Thursday, December 8th in Gig Harbor, and Saturday, December 10th in Seattle. You can sign up by going to LifePointLaw.com or by calling 253-838-3454. Once again, that's LifePointLaw.com or call 253-838-3454. Welcome back to Aging Options right here on AM 770 KTTH. We are off this week because of those darn turkeys. Yeah, that's right. We blame the turkeys. Just kidding. It's Thanksgiving weekend. And you know what? We haven't taken time off in quite a bit of time. So what better time than Thanksgiving weekend? We're taking time to spend with our families. I know my grandmother just uh, recently told me, I haven't seen you in too long. Uh, spend time with me on a Saturday morning. I'm like, oh, fine, Grandma. Fine. All right. No show today. No live show today, but we're looking at some of our favorite calls from the past couple of months. And, uh, well, let's continue. We had Larry from Shoreline last break. Now we go to D calling in from Seattle. D, go right on ahead. 
I'm 79. I'm single. And I want to redo uh, a will that I did years ago. And I am uh, wondering, what does this mean? Um, I've never gone to an elder law attorney. And maybe it's time for me to do this. And I'd like to know, what is the difference between an elder law attorney and attorney the attorneys that I see advertised, like say on TV, that say yeah. they uh, they do wills. Yeah. Yeah. What a great question that is, you know, and then when we work in the field, we intuitively know what the difference is. And the easiest way that I can help you see the difference is what is the difference between an internal medicine doctor and a cardiologist? What is the difference wow. between a podiatrist and a dermatologist? Right. And even though everyone is a doctor to begin with, everyone is a doctor. They all go to med school. They all learn all the same skills. And then some people stay back and say, I am really interested to know how somebody's heart works. So if you have a heart attack, you're not going to go see a podiatrist. You're not going to see your internal medicine doctor. Indeed, a good internal medicine doctor will say to you, oh, I'm going to send you to a cardiologist. Right. That's the same similar type of difference that you have between estate planning and elder law. Look, when you were young, when you were in your 30s and 40s, the biggest issues that you were dealing with were, well, you know, if I have that accident and die or if I become ill, you know, how, who do I want to leave my stuff to and who will manage my finances and health care? And, and if I get into a coma because after an accident, do I want a feeding to you? That's estate planning. Estate planning is really about three solving three problems. Problem number one, you have accumulated stuff while you were living. Who do you want to leave all this stuff to? For that, you will do a will or a trust. An estate planning attorney is well equipped to go ahead and help you with that. The second thing that you will take a look at is death is not the only bad thing that can happen. I could fall ill. If I fall ill, somebody will need to continue to do things for me, like pay bills, file taxes, manage my money, etc. Who do I want to do that to? And for that, you prepare a power of attorney. The power of attorney is a typical document that is only good while you're living. The moment you die, it dies with you. Now the will and the trust will take over. So this is a document that says who will manage my finances, health care until such time that I die. And the third document that you will prepare is to recognize there is death, yes, there is illness, yes, but there's end of life. I am actively dying. My body is shutting down, but the medical community has a different idea. Oh, we can put you on a ventilator. We can give you dialysis. We can give you a feeding tube. Do I want a feeding tube if I was in a coma? In other words, how do I want to die? Now, D, I, if I was an estate planning attorney, I promise you I would spin this to make it sound a whole lot better for you. But the honest to goodness truth is... Typical yeah. estate planning is about who gets one, what when I die, how do I die, who's going to manage my stuff till I die. That is okay when you were 30 and 40. Now, today in your 70s, closing in on 80, look at the rest of your life and ask yourself this fundamental question. Can you think of anything more important you want to accomplish other than who gets what when I die, how do I die, who's going to manage my stuff till I die? And the answer is, sure. Genie, here are my three wishes. I never want to end up in a nursing home. I don't want to be a burden to my children. And I don't want to die broke. When you compare this 
these goals to the work an estate planning lawyer will do and say how many of these goals were accomplished by the die-to-die planning? And the answer is not a single one. That's what an elder law attorney does. They will take a look at the same set of facts, the same situation, but they will analyze and evaluate your issues very differently because you're in a very different station in life. And I promise you, it takes skill and experience to be able to appreciate the nuances and the differences. That's what an elder law attorney does. Oh, my goodness. Um, this is amazing information. I I had a vague idea. This is what you would say. And um, I know if I went my, to my primary care doctor, um, uh, I, I don't know if she'd even if refer me to an elder care attorney, you know, to do my will and to... No. To, to be educated, that's what we need at this age, like what you just said, to be educated. And I just right. made some notes when you were talking. Um, uh, uh, can you tell me, um, oh, uh, first of all, I would like your office phone number so that I can call tomorrow. And for sure, yeah, ready the, to make an appointment, yes. For sure. The office number you can call is 253 838 3454. Okay. That's 253-838-3454. Yep, you got it. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Um, Will your office send me like a packet of information so that I can bring whatever papers I need to, like my assets and all that? Okay. Yep. When you make the appointment, they'll send you an intake form and you will fill all that out, come in, and then you will spend about two hours with an attorney and they'll go over all the stuff, tell you as to what you need to do, where you need to go, what it'll cost, and then you can decide. And if you want to avoid having to spend that two-hour conversation and and do do it uh, totally free on the cheap, go to the next seminar. The I can tell you, for, for 22 years I've been educating people, and I don't care whether people come work with me, they go to another lawyer, do whatever they do. My mission in life, after watching my father-in-law get stuck in a nursing home when I was not a lawyer, was to become that type of lawyer that can do different work. And 22 years I have been educating people, and now I'm doing it on a national stage. My whole goal is to wake up America, shake them up, and say, America, the richest country in the world, wake up. We put 70% of our older people in nursing homes. They don't get to live out their lives in their own home. We make sure that everyone is going to become a burden on their children, despite having a power of attorney, because the power of attorney was done wrong. And you need to do it. So the seminar will give you a really good idea about how we approach the planning issue differently than an estate planning attorney. And then we will also give you a breakdown on all sorts of prices that you can end up picking and choosing. And then you can decide in that seminar whether we are the right attorneys for you or not. Or whether you want to just take that information and go to a different attorney to deal with. 
Yes. I, um, I, I'm, I'm not good at driving any more long distances. I just I, I have this anxiety. So I Got would... Got um, Makes sense. Let, you know, um, I will, first of all, have a long conversation, uh, possibly with one of your attorneys on the phone, and then sure. execute whatever I need to, you know, after that. And yep. I went, I'll share this with you, without giving names, uh, four years ago, maybe it's five now, I went to an attorney, and he does divorce, you know, and a lot mm-hmm. of other things, and wills, and um, uh, he uh, um, uh, he did my will, and he, he's uh, like a friend of a friend, you know, I didn't know him personally, and I was his last uh, um, client for the day, and I got one hour, and I got like uh, a fee that he gave for friends and family, you know, to me, which was nice, and uh, none of this was discussed with me. It was, okay, everything goes to my daughter, and uh, uh, it was so, I mean, I was like um, rushed out of there, and we were done, you know, and mm-hmm. I came home with all these questions and felt like um, like I went to a doctor and all they took was my temperature and my blood pressure and I had other problems and they said, well, you know, um, this will fix you up, which it won't, you know. Yes. Correct. Oh, wow. You've really educated me here and I'm going to call tomorrow. And I think two hours, you know, is... um, it's great for the first visit um, to, to have the uh, attorney um, uh, get a good picture of what my needs are and what how, how I want to plan uh, in, in uh, all aspects. You know, like I, I want to plan um, uh, how do I take care of myself when I'm at home? You know, my health care and all. Uh, that's my number one thing to take care of me. And then it's my my heirs. Yes. Thank you, Dee, for the call. I look forward to having one of my attorneys speak with you and and put you in the right path. Good. Oh, oh, Rajiv, thank you very much. I really enjoy your program. Thank you again. Thank you for listening and age on, Dee. We'll talk soon. I will. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, Dee, for sharing uh, sharing your story with us on Aging Options. And again, I, I remind you all, uh, we are not live this week, but that doesn't mean I can't tell you about the upcoming seminars. The, these are ones you're going to want to write down. They're very special end-of-the-year seminars. R- Rajiv, he does a great job as it is, but these December ones, he packs a little extra punch. February, oh, ch- check that. December 6th, that's a Tuesday in Federal Way. There's a seminar happening then. Thursday, December 8th in Gig Harbor. The Inn in Gig Harbor at 6.30 p.m., another seminar. And Saturday, December 10th at 1.30 p.m. at the Holiday Inn in downtown Seattle off of Dexter. Another seminar happening then. Please do go out to uh, LifePoint Law to sign up. It's a great idea. I'm telling you, I learned so much when I went. Just think about how much you'll learn because, uh, let's be fair, i me. And you are you. LifePointLaw.com. It is free. A great idea for you. LifePointLaw.com. Sign up today. It's easy to do. Can it just be done in a click of a button? Time for a break. You are listening to Aging Options right here on AM 770 KTTH. You know, I'm not a wealthy person, but I'd like to leave a little something to my kids when I'm gone. 
Actually, there's someone who gets first shot at your assets when you die, before your kids can even touch them, the tax collector and creditors. I don't know much about estate and inheritance taxes. I've heard about changes in tax laws, but it's a little complicated, so I just try not to worry about it. Far too often, the cost of probate and estate taxes forces children to sell off their parents' assets, leaving little for them. I'd at least like for them to have this house. After all, they grew up here, and we'd like to keep it in the family. They say you can't take it with you. <laughs> I just didn't realize it was the tax collector who said it. The elder law attorneys at LifePoint Law understand probate and estate taxes. They know how to protect your assets and your legacy. You can trust LifePoint Law and Rajiv Nagayich. Call 877-ELDER-47. That's 877-ELDER-47. Safe. Independent. Living in comfortable surroundings. That's where we all want to be. It's no different for your parents and other elderly relatives, even as they age. How do you make it easier for them to stay in the home they love by bringing the care to them? HomeWatch Caregivers can help. With more than 40 years of experience providing compassionate care, HomeWatch Caregivers is America's oldest and most experienced home care company. We know what to do, we know how to help, and we know how to make care affordable. When you compare the costs and benefits of home care to nursing homes or other institutional settings, you'll be amazed at just how affordable in-home care can be. HomeWatch Caregivers, Western Washington's best home care. HomeWatch Caregivers. Call us today at 253-564-1006 to schedule your free consultation. That's 253-564-1006 or visit us on the web at homewatchcaregivers.com. Call us today at 253-564-1006. HomeWatch Caregivers. Let our family take care of yours. I thought he covered everything that I personally had a question about. I was reassured. I got perspective. I was impressed. I found it very, very helpful. We all face challenges when it comes to aging. Legal needs, Medicare, Medicaid, long-term care insurance, Social Security. But having a plan will help you maintain quality of life, financial stability, and peace of mind for you and your family. The rules are changing, and although no one can forecast the future, one can be prepared for it as much as possible. Join Rajiv Nagayich for the next LifePoint Law Seminar, Tuesday, December 6th in Federal Way, Thursday, December 8th in Gig Harbor, and Saturday, December 10th in Seattle. You can sign up by going to LifePointLaw.com or by calling 253-838-3454. Once again, that's LifePointLaw.com or call 253-838-3454. We are back. Aging Options right here on AM 770 KTTH. I'm talking to you from the past. That's right. It's one of those technological things they call pre-recorded shows. That's what we're doing right now as we are off on this Saturday, but we're still here to show you and uh, share with you some of our favorite calls here on Aging Options from the past couple of months. We've already heard from Larry from Shoreline. And we've also heard from D from Seattle, both excellent calls, and we appreciate them so much for calling in. And when we're live again next week and for the future, for the far future, I do invite you to call into the show. It's the best way to explain to receive your situation and get an excellent answer. And one individual who did just that, his name is Ed. He called in from Tacoma, and we're going to hear his story now. Ed, take it away. Okay, here's my question. I, I met Rashid at Praise Covenant Church. He did a seminar. Great. 
I have a vacation home in Hawaii that I purchased for $1 million years ago. Mm-hmm. It is now worth $5 million. <laughs> I gift the home to my uncle in Idaho, who is not well. I am the only one in his will, and Idaho has no estate, estate tax. I file a gift on Form 709 with my taxes. I get the property back when he dies with a stepped-up basis of $5 million. He is way under the federal 12.6. I avoid $4 million of capital gains. Is this possible? I mean, that's just as beautiful as it gets, isn't it? And the short answer is yes. I mean, that, the short oh, answer is you. yes. If you if you absolutely trust your uncle that, that he's going to leave yeah. the house to you in the will, uh, there is no uh-huh. reason why this should not work. You can gift it to your uncle so he gets the gift. The, the, you use up a little bit of your lifetime gift tax exemption. That's about the only thing that you end up using. There will be some recording fees or whatever fees that you may have to end up paying to transfer the house over to your uncle. So he gets it, and then when he dies, you get it to a stepped-up basis. Voila, now you can sell it, and there is no income tax. Great. I, I, it's kind of a hypothetical, but I met you at Praise Covenant. I talked to you before the show. Very good. And, uh, yeah, I bought your book, and I'm studying elder law now. That's my new hobby. 87 <laughs> years old, and I'm studying elder law. <laughs> when you Thank get you done reading much. that book, come apply for a job, and we'll have a place for you, because there are not too many people who really understand it the way that we, we preach it. So I'm glad. Thank you well, for the call, Ed, and I'm so glad that you came to the presentation and you're in the right direction. All right. Thank you so much, Richard. You bet. Okay. John, Ed. John. Well, Rajiv, you have competition. So, hey, there you go. Uh, yeah, that's such a that's <laughs> such a neat little uh, issue. Somebody thinks about all these steps that we need to because we get lost. I mean, it's so easy to get lost between state taxes. How does that work between income taxes that we have to pay when we are buying a house, when we are selling a house, and real estate values have gone up crazy over the years. And so the question is, you know, you do have to worry about the tax game. But with many people, and and Ed, if you're still listening, I still would challenge you to go ahead and think about it this way. Taxes are important. You need to go ahead and do whatever you can to protect your assets. Yeah. But equally as important in the end, really, it's not going to matter as to how much we end up saving in taxes or paying in taxes. What will matter is, was I able to live out my life on my own terms, which means that never in a nursing home, never a burden to anyone else, and I had $10 left on the day that I shuffled the mortal coil, which means I was not broke while I was living. And with a $5 million home in Hawaii, I don't think you have to worry about the being broke part of it. But being in a nursing home, if $80 million could not help Casey Kasem stay away from it, then the average person should be looking at that and saying, why will my smaller, considerably probably smaller estate, help me get any better outcomes? And that's the planning that I think we miss out on, right? Because these other things are so uh, common in the pop culture. We talk about all these issues. So it's easy to come up with the questions and ask the answers. It's hard to even define the questions, which in the end prove to be far more important. Yeah, and I, I want to bounce off that real quick. Do you think the reason for that is because people don't want to have these conversations or they just don't want to think about it and put it off? Or is it just maybe a situation where they're maybe just not receiving the correct information? Well, I think to the contrary, people want to talk about it if there is something they can do about the whole thing. Look, nobody wants 
wants to talk about getting Alzheimer's, why? Because what's the what, what's the remedy? There is no remedy other than if you if if you do start thinking about the whole thing, and that's the false sense of security that I say. People do everything they can do to deal with all of these types of issues, right? But the problem is that subconsciously we don't even have to ask anyone we watch our neighbors we watch our friends we watch our family members do similar type of planning that we are doing in our own lives and yet most of these people we watch them fall ill end up in nursing homes we watch their family members and loved ones go nuts trying to go and figure all this stuff out and it drives people bananas that I did all the planning that I needed to do, and yet I have these outcomes. So at some point in time, you just throw up your hands, kind of give up. I don't think that people don't want to talk about it. I think that the, the people actually consume, voraciously consume the information that is out there. But here's the problem with the information that is out there. The people who are giving you the information, they get that information from their own industries. Industries develop education that is going to support and financially further the industry's cause before it is going to help you. So we have built-in gaps and holes. For example, think about the financial industry. How does the financial industry make money? By investing money by selling you products, right? Mm-hmm. So when you talk to a financial planner, typically, or the people in the financial industry, whether it's a financial planner, insurance agent, what do you hear? You need to buy a long-term care insurance policy. You need to invest money, buy gold, buy silver, buy mutual fund, diversify everything. Why? That's connected to how we make a living. Do we talk about in the financial industry that in the end, the amount of money you have will not matter. The fact that you have a long-term care policy will not make you immune from ending up in a nursing home. And the answer is no. There is no discussion around that issue. Because we start talking about things that we are not going to be able to further our living, make our living, then we are just wasting time. The healthcare industry, similarly, think about how the healthcare industry makes money. When you're healthy or when you're ill. There's all sorts of information that is out there. If you have a heart attack, do this, do that, this pill, that pill, this therapy, this gizmo, that gizmo. There's all sorts of things about that. But what's missing in the healthcare industry? How to use the healthcare system not to fall ill. And you hear me oftentimes talk about little simple things like there is published research that is out there that says if you have the right medical team, you can lower your risk of going to, uh, you, uh, you can lower your risk of needing home care and home health by as much as 40%. I didn't make this up. Doctors did. But has any doctor that you're talking to, has any insurance agent that you're talking to who's selling you a Medicare supplement plan said that, look, I mean, the plan that you buy is going to be less important than how you use the plan. That's never a discussion you and I hear. Lawyers make money by producing documents. We'll trust powers of attorney. We will ad nauseum talk to you about you should have a trust and not a will because a trust will avoid probate. And in pop culture, whether it is Motley Fool, whether it is all these sites that even I go to, take a look what they're talking about. These sites, they talk about 
the wisdom of a trust versus a will and will uh, sorry uh, probate is something to be avoided at all costs and then people like uh, you know many other people will get involved in the act and they'll, they'll echo the same sentiment and in the end it doesn't bloody matter whether you have a will or a trust both the documents do exactly the same thing who gets what when I die do the lawyers do they ever ever really sit down and talk to you about let me help you develop a plan so if you fall ill you will never end up in a nursing home is that going to be the key well, we talk about, I can help you not become a burden. What is the typical answer in the legal industry? It is a power of attorney. What does a power of attorney do? Think about it. What does a power of attorney do? You nominate your spouse or your children or your family members or your loved ones or a professional, somebody in your life. And you say to them that when I can no longer manage my affairs, you will pay my bills, file my taxes, manage my money, take care of my horse, my dog, my cat, my car. If the plumbing starts leaking, you'll go figure all that stuff out. That's what you tell them. That you have the power to do whatever you think is needed to be done. And then we think that we are not going to be a burden. Are you bloody kidding me? Think about it. If today your child needed to step up to your life and start paying your bills and file your tax returns, tell me that is not going to be somewhat of a burden to them. These are the reasons why people don't want to pay attention to it because despite all the planning that we end up doing, we don't get good results. We get pretty pathetic results. But you can change that, can't you? You can do life planning. You can go to one of the seminars that we talk about, and that's what I've dedicated 22 years of my life to, is to figure the system out. And I promise you, there is a better answer. Thank you so much, Dee, for sharing uh, sharing your story with us on Aging Options. And again, I, I remind you all, uh, we are not live this week, but that doesn't mean I can't tell you about the upcoming seminars. The, these are ones you're going to want to write down. They're very special end-of-the-year seminars. Rajiv, he does a great job as it is, but these December ones, he packs a little extra punch. February, oh, ch- check that. December 6th, that's a Tuesday in Federal Way. There's a seminar happening then. Thursday, December 8th in Gig Harbor. The Inn in Gig Harbor at 6.30 p.m., another seminar. And Saturday, December 10th at 1.30 p.m. at the Holiday Inn in downtown Seattle off of Dexter. Another seminar happening then. Please do go out to uh, LifePoint Law to sign up. It's a great idea. I'm telling you, I learned so much when I went. Just think about how much you'll learn because, uh, let's be fair, I'm me. And you are you. LifePointLaw.com. It is free. A great idea for you. LifePointLaw.com. Sign up today. It's easy to do. Can it just be done in a click of a button? Time for a break. You are listening to Aging Options right here on AM 770 KTTH. You know, I'm not a wealthy person, but I'd like to leave a little something to my kids when I'm gone. Actually, there's someone who gets first shot at your assets when you die, before your kids can even touch them, the tax collector and creditors. I don't know much about estate and inheritance taxes. I've heard about changes in tax laws, but it's a little complicated, so I just try not to worry about it. Far too often, the cost of probate and estate taxes forces children to sell off their parents' assets, leaving little for them. I'd at least like for them to have this house. After all, they grew up here, and we'd like to keep it in the family. 
They say you can't take it with you. I just didn't realize it was the tax collector who said it. The elder law attorneys at LifePoint Law understand probate and estate taxes. They know how to protect your assets and your legacy. You can trust LifePoint Law and Rajiv Nagayich. Call 877-ELDER-47. That's 877-ELDER-47. Safe, independent, living in comfortable surroundings. That's where we all want to be. It's no different for your parents and other elderly relatives, even as they age. How do you make it easier for them to stay in the home they love by bringing the care to them? HomeWatch Caregivers can help. With more than 40 years of experience providing compassionate care, HomeWatch Caregivers is America's oldest and most experienced home care company. We know what to do, we know how to help, and we know how to make care affordable. When you compare the costs and benefits of home care to nursing homes or other institutional settings, you'll be amazed at just how affordable in-home care can be. HomeWatch Caregivers, Western Washington's best home care. HomeWatch Caregivers. Call us today at 253-564-1006 to schedule your free consultation. That's 253-564-1006 or visit us on the web at homewatchcaregivers.com. Call us today at 253-564-1006. HomeWatch Caregivers. Let our family take care of yours. I thought he covered everything that I personally had a question about. I was reassured. I got perspective. I was impressed. I found it very, very helpful. We all face challenges when it comes to aging. Legal needs, Medicare, Medicaid, long-term care insurance, Social Security. But having a plan will help you maintain quality of life, financial stability, and peace of mind for you and your family. The rules are changing, and although no one can forecast the future, one can be prepared for it as much as possible. Join Rajiv Nagayich for the next LifePoint Law Seminar, Tuesday, December 6th in Federal Way, Thursday, December 8th in Gig Harbor, and Saturday, December 10th in Seattle. You can sign up by going to LifePointLaw.com or by calling 253-838-3454. Once again, that's LifePointLaw.com or call 253-838-3454. Back to Aging Options right here on AM 770. KTTH. This is not a live version of Aging Options. In fact, this show is pre-recorded. We're spending time with our families. They have not seen us on a Saturday morning in about 37 years. Actually, hold on. Check that. 38 years, actually. 38 years since I've actually been able to sit down with my grandmother at breakfast. But, hey, I'll invite you all to go to LifePointLaw.com to sign up for that next seminar. It's a great idea. The 6th, the 8th, or the 10th. The 6th and the 8th are both at night in Federal Way and Gig Harbor, respectively. The 10th is a day one in Seattle. And if you live in downtown Seattle, it's been a long time since we've come your way. So take advantage by going to LifePointLaw.com. Our first one for this segment is going to be Jeff. He's calling from Edmonds. Jeff, take it away. Welcome back to Aging Options. I've got a question. Basically, making a withdrawal from a, a bank. And uh, I was just wondering, I heard that there was a requirement on, on the bank's part to report, make an IRS report if the transfer is more than $10,000. I was wondering if if um, you know anything about that, or yeah, whether that I mean, do so or not. 
It is. It is actually true, but it doesn't really involve you at all. Uh, when you're making a deposit of $10,000 or more or you're doing transactions in that amount, I mean, the bank is required to report it. Why? Because they want to make sure you're not the drug cartel. That's how the drug cartels were laundering money and doing all sorts of things. So this is a money laundering issue. It really does not impact you. The average person, you and I, when we go down to the bank and we are going to deposit, let's say, $15,000, they just want to know where did the money come from. They take a statement from you. It's under oath. So that means if you end up lying, they can prosecute you, and that's how they're going to nab the bad guys. It does not impact you. But that's a good question, though, Jeff. Would, would I get uh, any kind of form from the bank regarding the IRS uh, situation? Nope, I don't think so. No, nope, they're just going to ask you to tell them where did the, what is the origination of the money. Right now, this is when you're putting ten thousand dollars in cash, mind you. So if you are, if, you, if somebody writes you a hundred and fifty thousand dollar check because you sold your cabin or some property, uh, and you deposit the check in the bank, there's no question about that one because there's tracing, there's banking, there's, there's all the stuff that happens. It's only when you're putting cash, okay, actual cash. Okay, that makes a okay? huge difference. Then. It does. Yeah. It does. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Appreciate. Hey, that. I appreciate you calling and Ajon. Hey, John. Thank you. Hey, John, Jeff. Thank you so much, Jeff, for sharing that with us. We have one more caller to go here. And I, I invite you all again when we do have this show live. We don't have it live this week, so we're taking a look at some of our favorite callers in case you just joined us uh, from the past few months. But we'll be back live again next week and the weeks after that. And uh, do call into the show. It's a great idea. Uh, Rajiv Nagayich or Bob Pittman or any individual who's co-hosting with me, uh, and especially, and here's another thing, when Joe Hillier or Saket Sanger are on as guests, I'm telling you, call in, especially if your question's about you know, home watch care, or caregiving or about uh, the Safe Harbor Trust. When Saket, when Saket is on, it's a excellent idea to call in then into the program. And just, you know what? Great advice. It still blows my mind how I learn new things, even after uh, helping co-host this show months down the line. It's incredible. But without any further ado, let's go to Kent and talk with Jackie. Welcome, Jackie, to the show. My son bought his home when he was single, and then he married. His wife's name is not on uh, the title or the mortgage. And would a community property agreement take care of that? Um, a community property agreement is between your son and his wife. Yes. And it will basically make sure that if your son were to pass away or if his wife passes away, then the, all the assets that are controlled by the community property agreement, which pretty much will be everything unless they carve an exception out, they would all get transferred automatically from one to the other. Okay. Now, I'm not sure that that's what you're looking for, is it? Uh, well, she's concerned about, you know, if he would pass away, uh, the house is in his name only, and uh, her name is not on the title, and, you know, basically she would either have to buy it, I guess, or she'd be homeless. And so, you know, I thought a community property agreement might be the answer, uh, so... If he passes away, you know, and his 
name is only his name is on the mortgage and the title will that automatically go to her with a community property agreement right i mean so i think your operative the short answer is yes it will but what you were saying is that she's looking for an answer. And there's a, let me just give you a real rough overview about what you're looking at. First of all, her okay. name not being on the house means utterly nothing. That's what community property means, that when, when her husband, uh, your son, dies, if he dies before her, the presumption is that half the house belonged to her regardless whether her name is there or not. And somebody would have to prove that, that, no, 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 this house didn't belong to her. And who is the somebody else? I can't imagine there'd be anyone other than maybe your children or something along those lines. I don't think so. I think, you know, so that's, uh, that is not an issue. First of all, understand the presumption is everything belongs to husband and wife. If they died without will, the presumption is that the husband probably would have wanted to leave everything to the wife. There will be a probate process, yes, but the house probably will go to her. But is that the best way to plan? No. They should have a will or a trust, something, and or they could have a community property. They should have something like that. But when Uh they are looking at this issue, they have to take a look at how big their estate is. And besides just wanting to make sure that the house goes to his wife, is there any concern? Is there any thinking that he wants to make sure that his share goes to the wife on the condition that his share can only be used for the wife and his children and nobody else? Uh If that is Uh a concern, then you have to do a little bit different planning. A community property agreement will be not the way to do that. Then you need to look at something called a safe harbor trust or a some form of trust planning that, okay, the house is here. My wife can use it as long as she's living. She can sell the house. Money will go into the trust. She can buy another house. But nobody other than my spouse and my children can benefit from this share of the estate. Uh-huh. So these okay. are questions you need to go down and ask him because you're asking the right questions. But unfortunately, we are asking very simplistic questions. And sometimes it meets the mark, sometimes it does not. My recommendation, have your son and daughter-in-law either go to one of these seminars that I do or just have them call an estate planning attorney or call somebody, go talk to somebody who has at least 10 years of experience dealing with these issues. Uh-huh. And if you don't know okay. if anyone call Life Point Law and they've got attorneys up there, uh, they can they can help you out there. Okay. And I, I appreciate the answer. So thank you. Of course. And that was Jackie from Kent. Thank you so much, Jackie, for calling into the show. Our last call for today, and all these calls came in between September and November of this year. And we want to thank all of you for calling in to the program. I know. When I used to call into radio shows, mostly sports talk shows, back in uh, back in my day, <laughs> I should say, I-, I was very nervous. I know a lot of individuals who don't call in; they're a bit nervous to do so. You know, being on the air just like that, and they all did an excellent job. And as I said right before we heard from Jackie, I encourage you to call into the show when we're live. I mean, we're live all but I want to say two or three weeks out of the year. This happens to be one of those weeks where we're pre-recorded, but when we are live. 
I mean, the, the advice that Saket, that Rajiv, that Joe Hillier, that Bob Pittman give is amazing. Like, I literally, at my age, am getting a one-way ticket to life-planning successville <laughs> because it's a we're getting a lot of experts with a lot of amazing, amazing analysis. And if you have a pressing issue in your life, uh, we're the show for you, all right? We're on with you on KTTH right here from 10 to 11 every single week, every single Saturday. Uh, and, you know, the shows that precede us, that come after us, very similarly, they help you with what's happening in your life. And that's what we strive to do. So do call into the show when we're on, when we're on uh, next Saturday and the Saturday after that and the Saturday after that. In the meantime, three dates you need to write down right now. I'll wait, you, I'll, I'll wait and let you get your pen. All right. Okay. You have your pen now? You have your piece of paper right here? Well, that's good. Because here are three dates you need to know. Tuesday, December 6th at 6.30 p.m. at the LifePoint Law Campuses in Federal Way. Thursday, December 8th at 6.30 p.m. at the Inc. Hotel in Gig Harbor. And Saturday, December 10th at 1.30 p.m. at the Holiday Inn in downtown Seattle off of Dexter Avenue. All three of those dates and places have a seminar. And it's a great idea. These seminars, amazing information. It's free, and it's just so valuable for what you can take to your parents, to your grandparents, to yourself, or to your friends. Sign up. Go to LifePointLaw.com. You'll be glad you did. I know I am. And it looks like, well, we are closing up the show, our pre-recorded show. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to our callers for helping us out with their excellent questions. Thanks to Rajiv for his excellent analysis. And we look forward to seeing you next Saturday, same time, same place, for a live show of Aging Options. As Rajiv always says, age on, everyone. We'll talk to you then. 